I told you how I took Billy home about 10 days ago. Clifton and I jumped in the mule after that, and I drove back to the goat barn. Clifton says, There are two more fields on that mountain. Let's open the gates to them and let your goats go up and pick. That sounds great. Let's do it. So we walk up above the barn. Those two goats are already excited because Billy is gone and their lives are suddenly peaceful. We open the gate and Mama goes bounding through climbing, picking, walking, picking. Clifton suggests I walk the fence line to see if there are any weak spots. That's a good idea. I climb up the mountain along the fence. Razzie is a little confused and timid. She's never been out in such a large area. She follows me as if we're attached at the hip. We climb and climb and cross over at the top. The view is incredible. I can see our house way off to one side. It looks like a matchbox. We can see the smoky mountains to the west. And in front of us is Pisgah National Forest. Mom and Razzie love their new fields. Most of the grass and brush was picked down by Molly the horse when she was in there in the summer, but there's enough to excite those goats. I actually had to yell at them to get them down for breakfast the next morning. An early Christmas for them goats. Billy gone. They have all a me to themselves and new fields to explore. This is Ernie Johnson, founder of Anashira, and host of these podcasts. I'll tell you next week of the big snowstorm we had last Saturday night, but it's time now to tell more of the decision I made to change Dawn's and my life years ago in Fort Lauderdale. So Don and I had spent several days in Mexico Beach, Florida. We drove home. I didn't tell her immediately what I planned on doing. I spent several more days writing in my journal and reflecting, but then I made the decision to tell her and take the next steps. We sat down. I know what I have to do. I have to get out of Florida. I want to get rid of all these possessions. I want to sell the house and get away from everything. Dawn was in shock. Where do you want to go? What about the house? I want to sell the house. I want to buy a pop-up trailer and just travel and live on the road. I'd never seen Dawn so shocked. Live on the road? In a pop-up trailer? Are you insane? No, I want to live a simple life. You need to think about this, Ernie. I love it here. I have my friends, my tennis. So we didn't talk much for a few days. Turns out her sister and brother-in-law were coming down from Wisconsin to visit, which was a good thing. Kelly and Jeff had owned a pop-up trailer and traveled around on vacation in it. We were sitting down for dinner, and Dawn told them my plans. Jeff said, Ernie, have you lost your marbles? Tomorrow, we'll drive over to an RV dealer and look at pop-ups. Have you ever slept in a pop-up? No, I haven't. Have you ever cooked dinner in one? No, not really. Have you ever used the bathroom in one? No, not yet. 
Have you ever spent time in any trailer? No, not yet. Okay, you have a lot to learn. So what is a pop-up camper? Well, it is a small recreational vehicle that can be collapsed for easy transport. It consists of a trailer frame, a box, a hard roof, pull-out bunks, soft walls made of vinyl or canvas. The windows have screens, no glass. So the next morning, the four of us drive to a dealership that featured pop-ups. Jeff led us in. Okay, you'll see the top of the line here. A salesman came up and said, Can I show you folks something nice? No, no thanks, said Jeff. I think I can handle this. We walked over to one, to the door. It was set up, ready for camping. Okay, Ernie, this is a door. Now, pretend that your valuables are inside and you're off seeing the country. He slipped his hand through the opening in the window, pushed the Velcro apart, reaches through and pops a door handle. Open. See? Your stuff would be just as secure in a tent. See these walls? It's not even thick canvas. How warm do you think you'd be on a cold night? He walked over to one of the two beds. It stuck out the end of the small trailer. How do you think you'd be if it were raining cats and dogs and blowing at you horizontally? I guess not very comfortable. Let's just sit at the table. Look at that tiny stove. You're not cooking a three-course dinner on that. Maybe a one-course dinner. And how about that tiny refrigerator? Okay, okay, I got it, Jeff. I don't think this would make a nice home. Have you changed your mind? Yes, I have. Don and Kelly were smiling. I don't want this, but I certainly don't want one of those giant diesel pushers that are about as big as a semi. So Don asks, what exactly is it you want to see in your new life? I want to be able to stay in RV parks if we want. I want to stop in the middle of the desert if I want. I also want to be able to get into national parks and state park campgrounds. I want to stay at campgrounds with no sewer, water, electricity, dry camping. Don said, here's what I think. You've seen those Airstream trailers, the ones made of aluminum that look like airplane fuselages? You mean those silver bullets? Those are the ones. They're light, they're beautifully built, they're well-designed, comfortable. Let's go look at them. We might like what we see. We found a dealership that had a few Airstreams near Fort Lauderdale, and we went for a look. The only model they had was a Bambi. 19 feet long, very slick, compact, but it seemed tiny. We found a dealership in Tampa that had a much larger selection and drove up. Now, those Airstreams were the real deal. We walked into one, not even the biggest. Dining table, couch, couches, three burner, propane stove, propane oven, refrigerator, that operated off of propane or electricity and freezer, microwave, propane heater, AC unit, shower, toilet, hot water heater, 
that turned out water hot enough to boil an egg. Bedroom section. Everything was laid out with excellent taste. So we were quoted a price and we drove home to decide. Okay, said Don. If that's what you want, I can live in it, I guess. How long do you plan on doing this? Six months. In that time, we'll find a place where we can live peacefully. Or what we want to do next. We drove back to Tampa to pay for it. It was 22 feet long. Not the smallest, but pretty compact. When we get there, we saw a 25-foot unit larger. Man, it seemed perfect. So we bought it and asked the dealer to store it for us until we could sell our house. So we put the house on the market, and it's about this time that Don really struggled. We had not only remodeled the house, but added on a master bedroom and bathroom. Don had run that project, and it had turned out great. We both loved that house, and it was furnished with beautiful things. So we started getting rid of most of those things. We'd get to something like our dining room table. It was beautiful. Do we have to get rid of this? I really like it, I said to Dawn. I bought it in San Francisco, and it's been with me in seven houses. Does it fit in the Airstream? No, it doesn't. And get rid of it. And that's how it went. We had yard sales. People would pay us two cents on the dollar for stuff, but we had to get rid of these things. I gave away hundreds of books. We did decide to put some things in storage, like five of my racing bicycles. We take one road bike apiece with us on the road. We kept a bed frame, a couple of tables, couches, some other stuff, but that was a small portion of what was in the house. It seemed like we got rid of everything. It's funny. Dawn wasn't the only one unhappy with my decision. Her best friend, her tennis partner, Sandy, thought I was the devil personified. How can you drag Dawn off in a trailer? She loves it here. Whom is she going to play tennis with? Where is she going to play? You want to get rid of everything and march off on some pilgrimage? Do it on your own. Don't drag poor Dawn with you. Leave her here. Man, it was brutal. I don't think Sandy ever forgave me. She was still upset even after she left Florida and moved up to Richmond, Virginia. I've moved often and sold a number of houses, and sometimes it sells fast and it's not too painful. But this was a time when the market was down and we worked to sell that place. We had people coming day and night to see it. The place always had to be spotless. It could never smell like sauerkraut. It was a pain. So we take a trip to Tampa to have a dry run in the trailer one weekend. They'll hook up the electrical connections, trailer to SUV, and we'll drive a couple of miles to an RV park. Good idea. We get there. The salesman walks me through everything. I make notes of everything he says. I back up, hook up the trailer, the anti-sway bars, plug in the light signals and brake cord, and off we go. I must say, I was a bit tentative. I can drive a car with no problem, but I'd never pulled any kind of trailer. I looked in the mirror and that airstream seemed huge. We made it to the RV park. It was dusk and I needed the help of the park 
attendant to get me backed in. Left, turn right, up again, left, right. I started unhooking everything. Got to the coupler. I'd secured it by inserting a bolt and fastening it with a nut. I couldn't get the nut unscrewed. I tried, I tried. It was then I had a first-time RVer moment. Dawn, I can't get this off. Okay, what do you need? I need a wrench. Don't you have one? No, I don't have any. I'd brought only a couple of tools, a hammer and a screwdriver. No wrenches at all. Now, I've got to hook up everything and drive to Target and buy a wrench. Why don't you just go next door and borrow one? No, I'd look like an idiot. No, you wouldn't. Only an idiot would pull a trailer with no wrench with him. She paid no attention to me and walked away. She came back in about four minutes with a guy. Hey, friend, you need a wrench? He asked. Yeah, I do. I feel so stupid. I didn't bring a single wrench. Don't worry about it. Your first time pulling this rig? Yeah, it is. Don't worry. It's happened to all of us. You'll get the hang of it in no time. Don says, that is such a guy thing. You to pull this trailer across town and back, just not to look like you were not in control. Yeah, silly, huh? So we spent the night. We brought a bunch of stuff, but we made a list of many things we needed. So we finally get back, sell the house. Three days before closing the deal, we drive to Tampa to take final possession of the trailer. It's beautiful, shiny aluminum. We packed in another load of stuff we needed, this time an assortment of general tools, wrenches, pliers, and so on. We loaded the trailer with all the things we'd packed. It was afternoon when we finally hooked up and headed south. We decided to stay at Big Cypress RV Park off of Highway 75 next to Big Cypress National Reserve. I drove. It did take a while to accelerate. The trailer weighed 6,000 pounds. So we're cruising south on 75. How is it, said Don. Well, it pulls like a dream. The wind had come up and was blowing pretty hard. I don't feel any swaying, said Don. No, neither do I. I was still stressed, but we were going down the road at 70 miles an hour, and it was smooth. It gets dusk, and I turn the lights on. Immediately, screech, a horrible sound. Shaking and deceleration, I look in the mirror and see white smoke off the trailer tires. I pull over. What the hell, says Don when we're stopped. What did you do? I just turned on the lights. You didn't hit the brakes hard by mistake? No. Okay, let's try that again. I start the vehicle. Run slowly, lights off, get up to about 15 miles an hour, and turn on the lights. Same thing, hard braking. I stop. They got the wires crossed when they wired the tow plug harness to connect to the Sequoia. So what do we do? Well, it's too late and too far to drive back to the dealership. We'll just drive to Big Cypress without lights and hope we don't get stopped, I said. So we did. I'd like to say that my backing up skills had improved dramatically, but they hadn't. 
we finally get set up front and back, front and back. I was out disconnecting the trailer, hooking up the water, electrical, and sewer, and was devoured by a swarm of mosquitoes. I thought to myself, this is not quite the stress-free life I'd imagine. I hope I get the hang of this soon. We were flying up north to Wisconsin and Minnesota to see our families for two weeks. After we closed on the house, we'd just leave the trailer here and come back and pick it up after that. Where do you want to go to start our new life? I asked Dawn. Why don't we go down to the Keys and then come back and spend Christmas and New Year's with Paul and Irene in Weston, she said. Great idea. Paul and Irene were our good friends. I'd worked with Paul for years. So I made a reservation for a park on Sugarloaf Key. Pretty much every park was filled up for the season. $85 a night, I told Dawn. $85 for a trailer pad? What is this place, a four-star resort? No, I said. It's got lots of amenities. A snack pavilion, Wi-Fi, cable TV, fishing, private beach, the Tiki Nut Pub. It sounds great. All right, let's do it. So we went up north to the cold, snowy Midwest and flew back to Fort Lauderdale. We drove to Big Cypress to pick up the trailer. Hooked it up. I took my time. I read all my instructions. We drove west on 75 and then south to US-1. Oh boy, we're on the road, I said. We hit Marathon Key and then the Seven Mile Bridge. A wind had come up that was blowing everything almost sideways. Big wind. We were behind a fifth wheel, maybe 30 feet long. It was blowing left and right. I was afraid it'd just blow over. That airstream was tracking me like an arrow. We could feel the gusts hit the truck, but I didn't feel the trailer. Is that trailer pulling as easy as it seems? Don asked. I barely feel it. So we get to Sugarloaf Key and looked for the amazing RV resort. We found it. Drove in, checked in, and someone led us to our spot. We were sandwiched between two big rigs. The back of our trailer was against a cinder block wall. I got everything set up and we sat down to recharge. Why, this is nothing but an RV park, a very expensive RV park, I said. Now let's take a walk around. Maybe we just feel crammed in, said Dawn. Okay. We walked around. I was surprised. We weren't kids, but we were about the youngest people in this park. Many of these people had big rigs. I mean some big rigs with slide-outs, dishes for TV on their roofs. You'd hear their big AC units going all day. They sat inside, and they'd watch TV all evening. I looked at Don and said, I don't get it. These people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on these rigs. They pay through the nose for a tiny pad for them. And they spend their time inside watching TV. Where's the charm in that? We spent time in Key West. We spent a day at the Florida Keys Aquarium. The dolphins. We fished, went snorkeling. It was like a vacation. We stayed a week. We'd found a place on the way home. I should say, on the way back 
We were in our home that did electrical work on RVs. A little, looked like a fly-by-night place. We drove in. The guy understood immediately what we were talking about. He had the wiring fixed within an hour. Now, please check my work. When you turn on the lights, all the lights come on. When you hit the turn signal, all the turn signals work. When you hit the brakes, the brakes in the vehicle and the trailer engage. I thanked him. His charges were very reasonable. I felt luxurious driving up the keys. Dawn, watch when I turn on the lights. See? No screeching or braking. That's great, she said. After I'd done this four or five times, she said, Yes, Ernie, I guess we can be assured that the problem is fixed. We decided to find a park near Weston, where our friends lived. There was a park called Everglades Holiday Park. It had a fishing dock, boat rentals, airboat tours. Site rental was 30 bucks a night, which seemed like a bargain. We got there, checked in, paid for 10 nights, and set up the trailer. First, the positives. It was the only place in South Florida that had an available site. And the site was good-sized, plenty of trees around. What we found out soon was every redneck in the state with an airboat seemed to be staying there. They partied hard, loud, and late, loud country music all night long. They made the Finnish people from Fuenhirola, remember them? They made them look tame. The boat ramp opened at 6 a.m. and was only about 150 feet from our campsite. And these people launched airboat after airboat and they'd race off with their engines thundering. And airboats are loud. We enjoyed the time with our friends, Irene and Paul, and their kids. But we did not look forward to nights at the park. Now, we did rent a boat and go bass fishing with Paul and his boys. And that was a lot of fun. We even went on an airboat ride to see what it was like. Not that big a deal. This was the most expensive and the worst of RV camping that we experienced all our time on the road. We left South Florida and went to Sarasota, Destin, New Orleans, Lafayette, Louisiana, Houston, and then Austin. It was near Austin, Texas that we realized how to experience the peace we'd been looking for. We found a place called McKinney Falls State Park. The hill country is beautiful and this park was run by the Texas State Park System. We had a site with water, electrical service, privacy, a picnic table next to a fire ring, access to free clean showers and toilets. It was peaceful in the daytime and quiet at night, and all of this for 20 bucks a night. Austin has great restaurants, Mexican, Tex-Mex, barbecue, high-end gourmet, dives, you name it, we found it. You love music? Austin's got it. You love clubs? Austin's got them. You love history? Austin's got it. You love drinking a great cup of coffee? And I know some of you do. Austin has a number of places to do that. So we're sitting outside by our campsite one night talking about this new life of ours. No noise. It was February, 
and the fire felt great. The nearest neighbors were at least 20 yards away, couldn't even see him. I said, you know, Don, this place is beautiful, quiet. It's almost serene. Don says, I was a little worried about this new life of ours. But when I woke up this morning to see those white-tailed deer standing in our campsite under those bald cypress trees, I really loved that moment. We'd seen raccoons and armadillos along with a wide variety of birds. I understand, I said. I think this is what we need to look for as we travel. State parks, national parks. I feel like this is what I was hoping to find. We had planned on staying only a couple of nights, but enjoyed it so much we ended up staying there for two weeks. And one of the beauties of this new life was we had freedom. If we liked a place, we'd stay as long as we wanted. If we didn't, we'd pack up the next day and get the hell out of there. I see I'm out of time. Sorry, folks. There's more that I want to share with you. I got a couple of questions from one of my best customers, Marilyn from Naples. No, not Naples, Italy. Naples, Florida. She asked if Mama and Razzie were pregnant for sure. Well, I'm not sure. I'm guessing they are. She asked how I could tell for sure. Well, I could have a urine test, a blood test, or ultrasound done but I haven't seen any signs of them coming into heat again. And Billy did not try to get back at them after three weeks. So I'm just going to wait out the five-month gestation period, and then we'll know for sure. Please think of those stockings you'll be hanging up on the fireplace mantle in the near future. You don't want to be in the position on Christmas Eve where you don't have anything exciting to put in them. An apple? No. A couple of $5 bills in an envelope? Not even. A package of AA batteries? Lame. My sponsor suggests you go to anashira.com and buy some bars of our wonderful handcrafted goat milk soap. Just pop a couple in each stocking. Yeah, problem solved. Don't forget to enter discount code STORIES20 for a 20% discount on your entire purchase. Hurry, because it ends on New Year's Day. Join me next week for my last session this year of my stories from Anashira.